Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you for joining us again this week on the program. And uh, we may be new to some of you, uh, especially if we're, this is the first time you've seen us on this network. But we encourage you to tune in every week at the same time. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we're going to be sharing some things that I think is cutting edge in the Word of God that I believe will greatly, greatly bless you and bless your life and your family. Uh, I have on the set today with me a very special guest. What we have aired so far has just been me. Uh, but I have a very special guest on the set with me today from Saginaw, Michigan. I have Bishop Jamie Englehart, and he is the, uh, he is the uh, uh, presiding bishop of the Heritage International Ministries. The acronym is HIM, H-I-M. And there will be information on the screen about his website. He also pastors a great church called the Connections Church in Saginaw. Michigan, and there will be also uh, on his website an address to how to get there. It is a great privilege to have you uh, on the program today, Bishop Jamie, and we're going to have a good time together. Yes, sir. It's an honor to be here. Uh, what we, we, we uh, thought about as we were contemplating coming on and sharing with you the Word today, I think one of the greatest things that uh, I believe needs to be adjusted, perhaps, in the church is our understanding of the gospel of the kingdom of God. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are really uh, the, probably the most prominent of the Gospels that preach the Gospel of the Kingdom, although it's all through the Scriptures. But when we think about, most time, I think in the American church, when we think about the Kingdom of God or the Kingdom of Heaven, to most people our minds go to, it's a message about how to get to Heaven. And the reality of it is, is the gospel of the kingdom was not Jesus teaching us simply how to get to heaven. And I do believe there's a heaven. And I do believe you want to go there when you die or you, you depart this life. <laughs> but what Jesus was really dealing with was not about how to get to heaven, but how to get heaven to come to earth. And even in his prayer, he prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And so when I think about the kingdom of God, uh, you know, there was something about these scribes and Pharisees even that came to Jesus and they would say things like, they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. So they were looking for an immediate appearance of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and we could get, you know, tied up in uh, how we say that, but actually one gospel will call it the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, while the other gospel will call it the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's just one is talking about who runs it, the other is talking about where it's from. And the gospel of the kingdom, I believe, is one of the missing pieces uh, of the gospel today, and it's the, it's the message Jesus taught more than anything else. It was the gospel of the kingdom. And I thought as I was thinking about how to kind of come on today, and we were thinking about the gospel of the kingdom, and these scribes, Pharisees, and rulers of the people were thinking the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Uh, why would they think the kingdom of God would immediately appear? I think it's because they'd read the book of Daniel. They'd read the book of Isaiah that said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called the Wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. And of the increase of His government and peace there will be no end. Or they had read about Daniel that in the days of these, actually if you read it in, in, in Daniel chapter 2 in the Amplified Bible, it talks about the Roman kings. In the days of these kings, the God of heaven would set up a kingdom which should never be re removed. And, uh, it, but it would break in pieces and, and, and subdue every other kingdom. But it would come during that time slot. 
And so there's a whole lot of stuff about the kingdom, even parables that over the next probably several months we'll unpack. But even the parables, we're not talking about a distant future place, but a present reality of how we function. They were real world stuff. And so we're going to talk about the kingdom a good bit today, and we're going to talk about the gospel of the kingdom because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not primarily about how you get from here to heaven, but how you get heaven to operate here. And the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was about how God became king through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And when he closed Matthew 28, he said, All power has been given to me, and heaven and earth go ye therefore. And then he gives a great commission and, and empowers his people to be the vehicle to uh, increase the kingdom and to uh, be participants or uh, uh, partners in this great work of the kingdom, and it's an ongoing thing. So it's great to have you, Bishop, and jump in here and just share your heart a little bit about the kingdom Absolutely. of God. We talked about this last night, and I think you'll be blessed by his ministry. Uh, first of all, I just want to, uh, you know, uh, as always, say thank you for, uh, man, just a privilege to be able to be on here and be able to also share this with you and uh, with those that will listen that are also your friends and partners. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things I get asked quite often, uh, you know, like yourself, I've traveled, you've traveled longer than me, but I've been on the road now 26 years traveling all over the world. And uh, ever, ever since people have begun to use just the word gospel, you know, uh, that means a thousand different things to a thousand different people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like, I think there's seven different things called the gospel mm -hmm. in the New Testament. You know, the gospel of the Son, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of God, the gospel, Paul, Paul got real bold and said, my gospel, mm -hmm. you know, the gospel of grace, the gospel of salvation, then the gospel of the kingdom. And so I've had people now, especially the last 10 years, with more of the message, really, of the gospel of grace coming to the forefront, people asking me, well, you know, are you a grace preacher? And I say, yes. You know, and mm -hmm. you know, I I I've watched uh, you know, especially over the last several years, people put like on on TV, Facebook, different things, and there's like a little saying, and it'll say this. It'll say, uh, if you went to church and all you thought about when you left is what you needed to do once you left church, you didn't hear the gospel. And and there's been times where I've taken that and said, true, but what gospel? You know, if if you're leaving the building thinking about what you need to do rather than what Jesus did. You probably didn't hear the gospel of grace or salvation, but you might have heard the gospel of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when it comes to everything that Jesus did, that's obviously the gospel of grace. It's the doorway in. But the gospel of the kingdom, uh, if, if I'm going to teach somebody about how to be wiser with their finances, they're probably not going to leave the building thinking about what Jesus did for them. You know, if I'm, I'm going to teach somebody, you know what, uh, you know, when it comes to your marriage, how for you to be able to honor and love your wife more. They're probably not going to leave the building thinking about what Jesus did for them. It doesn't mean the gospel wasn't preached, but the gospel of the kingdom encompasses, I believe, all the yeah. rest of them. And so I've always identified myself more in the mindset, you know, I, I, I preach the gospel of the kingdom, which includes all of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I was raised classical Pentecostal and our idea of the kingdom, which of course, Matthew's the only one that uses the, uh, you know, he calls it the kingdom of heaven. And most scholars believe that was simply because uh, he, was, he was trying to help more the Jewish audience who couldn't say the name God. Mm -hmm. And so he used heaven rather than kingdom of God because it would just be sacrilegious to some of them. But it's the exact same thing. But when we're declaring the gospel of the kingdom, and, and, and I love the passage in Acts 28, 28 through 30, where at the end of Paul's life, he gets, a, he gets, a, he gets his own house, pays for his own rent, and then the scripture tells us 
that everyone that came to them, he taught them the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and how it pertains to Jesus Christ. I mean, it's interesting that he didn't put Jesus necessarily first. He taught them the kingdom and then how the kingdom pertains to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so the message of the apostles, uh, you know, they, the apostles did not, did not die. They weren't hung upside down on crosses and were martyred because they were teaching people about the afterlife. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were martyred and slaughtered, and, and and fed to lions and everything else because they were teaching about a new Caesar. Yeah, you know, they're teaching about a new king with a new government and a new kingdom, and and you know, it would have never bothered Caesar in Rome if they would have talked about you know heaven and hell and and you know whether whether you're where you go in the afterlife that would have never affected the government of Rome to then view them as seditious. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden when they're talking about a new government and a new world and a new kingdom and a new way of living and a new way of thinking and a new way of giving and I mean everything like you shared, not, not about how to get uh, people here to heaven but how to bring heaven, the government of, of heaven now down to the earth, uh, that became to them extremely uh, dangerous, mm -hmm. and, and that's ultimately where the martyrdom came from. Uh, and you know, the I think there's like 18 main sermons in the Book of Acts, and none of them were talking about the afterlife. It doesn't mean there's not an afterlife. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's not a heaven. It doesn't mean there's not right. a hell. That was just not their message. Right. Their, their message was about how you know. And I've heard you say this for years. You know, it wasn't about the sweet by and by, but how to live in the nasty now and now. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that is what people are looking for. And I believe people are are starving because most of what we've heard in churches has been more the gospel of the church. Uh, we've heard really more about what we do in church, and we have classes in church to learn what to do in church, uh, rather than really learn about, man, how do I live in the marketplace? How do I live in the kingdom? How, how is every believer called to full-time ministry? Mm -hmm. Just not every believer is called to full-time yeah. church ministry. And, and, and I think there's, a, there's dynamics to that that a lot of people are extremely confused about. Yeah. I think one of the things, you know, uh, when, uh, you know, uh, people get hung up on uh, semantics, or they get hung up right. on titles, and you know, you go to certain places, and they're going, "Are you in the message?" And I'm like, right. "Which one?" <laughs> right. That's exactly. And, right. and you know, one of the things I've noticed over the years is that you know, the, the scripture said there is a river whereof the streams make glad the city of God. Yes, sir. But most people think they're the river when in fact they're just a stream Absolutely. or a tributary. And the particular message that they are on right then is only an aspect of the gospel. It's like you said to me again, the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom is the umbrella under which all of it operates. Because you know, yes, the, the gospel of the kingdom is about the king and his kingdom. The currency is grace and faith. Yep. And that's the empowerment. So it's all part of that. But I think what happens is, is that when we think the peace I have, is the only peace there is. Yes, sir. And we don't realize that this is maybe a whole lot bigger. And the more we grow, the more we realize, or the longer you've been around, you'll start to realize that there are, mm -hmm. you know, of course, different camps that put emphasis on everything. And I, I, I kind of wish people would quit being what I call uh, message police. And if it just don't fit just exactly <laughs> how they say it, they're like, oh, you know, or you don't sing a song that fits their mindset of what they think this immediate moment. It's like, you know, they can't, it's like, Quit picking through stuff and just enjoy it, man, you come know. On, and you, you learn that. You know that sometimes, so many times in travel. But, I, you know, to me, when Jesus said, they asked Jesus this. They said, when the scribes and Pharisees ask him, when will the kingdom come? So at least they're asking the right question. Not when are we going to go to the kingdom, yeah. but when will the kingdom come? And, of course, Jesus begins to say to them, the kingdom does not come with observation. 
And so one of the things that really hit me about that word is we say, well, that means it doesn't come with outward show and open display. And that's true in some senses. But if you know what you're looking for, you can see the kingdom. Yes, sir. But when he said the kingdom does not come through observation, my mind immediately goes to what that would have meant in the mind of a Jewish person standing there who would have thought maybe, uh, you know, uh, the observances of old covenant rituals. And I believe that's what yep. Paul, the word Paul uses when he said to the Galatian church, I'm afraid of you because you have gone back to observing feasts and months and times. And, you know, I think one of the things, I don't want to make anybody mad here today, but one of the things I think is a trend in the American church that I think is a wrong trend, and that is we're trying to make Jewish people out of Christians. And he didn't call us to go back to Judaism. He delivered them from that. Yes, sir. And so, uh, you know, what he's saying is that the kingdom is not going to come through the observances of old covenant rituals yes, sir. or through the observances of divers washings and all these things. The kingdom of God is within you. And if we could kind of, you know, to me, that's a very, that's, that, that's one of the, the most basic shifts in the thinking, I believe, of those who would have heard that then. And still, it's a shame that we got to kind of reemphasize that today because they, everything about this old covenant was external. Yep. But everything about this new covenant is internal. The kingdom is within you. The king lives inside of you. Yes, sir. He reigns in you and through you. Well, and, and you know, Jesus, Jesus taught all about the kingdom. But he never actually said what it was. Mm -hmm. You know, the kingdom of God is like seed. The kingdom of God is like a man who threw a party. The kingdom is like the kingdom is like. He constantly used parables and similes mm -hmm. describing the kingdom, but he never actually said what it was, which is why we had to wait till Paul in Romans, where Paul said, The kingdom is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so I always encourage people when I teach on the kingdom, I said, you know, if you'll, when you're reading your Bible, when you look at the word kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, if you'll insert righteousness, peace, and joy, all this revelation will start coming to you mm -hmm. because you'll realize, you know, this is talking about walking in things that are, are according to righteousness, things that produce peace in you, things that produce joy in you, and there's a flow and a life out of that. You know, I got thinking when you were, when you were just saying this uh, a minute ago, but you know, the story of Zacchaeus, you know, when Jesus sees Zacchaeus up in the tree, he said, you know, I must come to your house. Zacchaeus comes running down and Jesus never preaches the gospel to him. You know, he never preaches the Romans road to him. He never tells him to repent of his sin. All he says is, I accept you or I must come to your house. And the scripture says that Zacchaeus comes down and he says, if I've stolen from anybody, I'm going to return it to him. If I've defrauded anybody, I'm going to return it sevenfold. And then Jesus is blown away. He says, wow, salvation has come to this house. You never preach salvation to him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, how did salvation come to the house? All the man did was receive grace and acceptance from Jesus. His life changes, but then it, it goes on to say, and, and it, you know, it, it starts another chapter. I mean, it goes from like Luke 19 to Luke 20. And the beginning of the next chapter, it says that the disciples were marveling for they thought the kingdom was going to manifest at that moment. And I remember years ago reading that thinking, now, why did the story of Zacchaeus get them to think literally the kingdom was going to manifest right there? And when I did a study on it years ago, there was, I think, I think there was like five, five things uh, to the Jews that showed that a person was the Messiah. Uh, you know, one, raising of the dead, uh, the cleansing of lepers, uh, you know, there, there were several miracles uh, that, that showed that. But one of them was also the wealth of the wicked, mm -hmm. which, is, which is very yeah, interesting. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, when this rich man began to release uh, his money, you know, they were like, 
they're like looking around for the kingdom. Like they're thinking, okay, we, we've seen the dead raised. We've seen blind eyes come open. You know, we, we've seen the lepers cleansed. We've seen all the signs of the Messiah. But now when there's a rich guy who all of a sudden he starts giving his money away. I mean, they're, they're looking around right there like the kingdom's about to be here. And so it, it is beyond me how for so many years in religion, we've put this thing off yeah. You know, to somewhere so far off in the future when there's the present reality of the king living in us right now. And as, as you've taught, the kingdom of God is at hand. It, it's right here, and all it takes is repentance or a changing of the mind yeah. to perceive it, to see it, to comprehend it, uh, and to grab hold of it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I think is that people here say, you know, uh, that, well, you know, they, they have all kinds of misconceived ideas about the kingdom yep. and what we think that means. And, and, uh, but, but to make it simple, I, had, I did a conference back, this has been 20 years ago, and it, and it was called, uh, you know, stop, it was dealing with just the, kingdom, the present reality of the kingdom. And uh, somebody said, well, is this kingdom now? I said, well, if, kingdom, if it's not kingdom now, kingdom when? And right. that doesn't mean, I think what happens when we say kingdom now, they think we don't mean there's an ongoing increase of his government and peace, True. of which there will be no end, that the kingdom is like leaven. It continues to expand. So it is continuing to get bigger and bigger. But I simply said this, and I think it helped a lot of people. I said, the moment you got born again, you were translated at that moment out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom yes, of his dear son. And so we pat somebody on the head that came to one of our altars and we said, the heaven, you know, the angels of God are rejoicing because another soul just entered the kingdom. Now that wasn't, you know, at a funeral he said that, that was at his Come new on. birth. So yes, the sir. moment, so I said, so if you are in any denomination that believes in being born again, the moment you got born again, that's kingdom. Come on. And that's kingdom right now. Mm -hmm. And then I said to them, I said, you know, there's, there's a lot of denominations there. I said, for you guys who are Pentecostal, I said, you know, uh, the, the scripture said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. And again, you know, even in, with our mindset, we think meat and drink, like, okay, it's not about pie and turkey and, <laughs> you know, and a big meal after a while, right. you know. And, uh, but it's really in the context of that, I think, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, it's where they are talking about eating things offered to idols. And Paul yes. is saying to them, listen, the kingdom of God is not about meat offerings and drink offerings. Yes. Again, he's connecting it to their old covenant yep. uh, shift from that mindset of what governs you there to what governs you now. And I said, but if you've got the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. It's located in the Holy Spirit. Yes, and if you've got the Holy Spirit, the kingdom's inside of you. Come on. And that's kingdom, and it's kingdom right now. Yes, sir. If you've got righteousness that came as a result of a gift, not, you know, here's the thing. You and I have both been around for a long time. We've been around kingdom guys, even. And one of the things, the, the, and, and, and I, I mean this in a good sense, because uh, we only can teach what we know, and as, the, you know, the revelation progresses, we all grow. But the guys I heard teach the kingdom early on were teaching the kingdom, except that you access it through an old covenant performance righteousness. Correct. And now to me, the marriage between grace and the kingdom, grace and faith in the kingdom, is the perfect marriage. Yes, sir. Because what it shows you is, yeah, the kingdom is available, and while we were trying to strive and work and, you know, get good enough and holy enough for one of these days to be, you know, a son, all mm -hmm. of a sudden we realized, wait a minute, my righteousness to access this kingdom is not based on my performance, it's based on a gift. Yes, of, sir. Because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, here's a kingdom word, we reign in life and that's kingdom and it's kingdom right now. And I think the issue is, is seeing the kingdom of God function 
like you said, not just in the setting where we're in church, but this stuff belongs. And again, I, I'm doing a lot more talking. I want, to, I want you to take it here in just good. a minute again. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I was asked a question in one of the recent conferences. Does that mean like you're one of these guys that believe we're going to take over the government? To which I said, listen, I believe the kingdom of God is organic. It's not so much political. I said, I don't think yep. we're going to take over the government, but I think that when the righteous reign, the people rejoice. So when the kingdom is in your life, it's in your marriage, it's in your home, it's in your business, it starts to invade everything. Yes, sir. And so it has to be not so much a legislative righteousness. If it was legislating the kingdom, Moses' law had enough. Right. So it's not about uh, getting in government and legislating the right rules. It's about Jesus being king in my life and then touching the hearts and lives of everybody there. You know? It's organic. The kingdom's organic. Absolutely. You know? Well, and, and, and so much of what the church had taught uh, especially like in our background, you know, I, I, I don't want to generalize. I mean, everybody's yeah, been taught yeah. different things, but a lot of our backgrounds, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I still remember the day where a lot of the preaching was come out and be separate. Mm -hmm. But yet, you know, the Great Commission that that was given to the body of Christ in the church was to go into the culture, not to run away from it. And mm -hmm. I think part of the problem is is that when when we're preaching a, a message of the gospel of the kingdom is just about going to heaven then it ends up being that we all gather together. We, we go, we go kind of share with people, but we're trying to get them to come into the church. And then rather than go into the world to transform it, we form subcultures. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, so, so rather, than being a, rather than being a musician that is a Christian, you have to label someone a Christian musician. Mm -hmm. So, you know, rather than musicians that love God going into the music industry, to transform it from the inside out, mm -hmm. we had to form our own subculture called Christian music. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not saying Christian music is wrong or bad or gospel music, but but we're not going to be able to change anything yeah. if we're just forming our own stuff. And that's yeah. been the mindset of the church for so many years. I like to use this example. You know, I, I grew up going. Uh, I grew up going to youth camps and kids camps. I mean, from the my dad was a camp director in the denomination we were a part of for like more than 16 years. So I grew up three weeks every summer going to camp. And then I, I traveled from Bible school. My wife and I met traveling in a music group uh, that traveled. And we did, I think, 17, 18 camps one summer in, you know, 10, 15 different states. I mean, I, I'd done camp. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Pentecostal charismatic expression especially, camp is the same everywhere you go. You know, Monday and Tuesday was come back to Jesus night because you've been a little heathen all year long and you need to get resaved. Mm -hmm. You know, then, then, then Wednesday night is Holy Ghost night because you've been leaking all year. We got to get you full again. Or maybe you never were and got to get you full of the Holy Ghost again. Then Thursday night would be commissioning night. You know, the last night, somewhere the speaker would, would quote Isaiah, you know, who shall go for us and who shall we send? Here am I, Lord, send me. And uh, normally meant I'm going to submit to the will of God and he's going to send me to pygmies in Africa. And, you know, I mean, there was always something half afraid about that. But then they would have the kids come forward that felt a call to full-time ministry. And, and maybe half the kids would go forward. And even half of them was probably more mimetic. You know, I mean, they, were, they didn't want to be left behind. So they were, you know, they were going with their friends and they didn't really feel a quote-unquote ministry call because yeah. years ago ministry pretty much just meant preaching, teaching, and singing. You know, so if you couldn't preach, teach, or sing, I, I remember, and I felt a call to that, so I would go forward. But I remember I, I had a friend of mine that would go to camp with me, and he had no desire to preach, teach, or sing. And he would sit out there almost like, you know, I guess I'm a peon, you know, I mean, you know, who am I and what has God got for me? And because we weren't preaching the gospel of the kingdom, 
you know, rather than having everybody come forward and every one of you are called to full-time kingdom ministry, Mm -hmm. that means we need people. I remember the Lord said this to me a few years ago. He said, if you still get more excited about someone, a young person in your church going to Bible school because they feel a call to preach, and, and you'll receive an offering to send them to Bible school, but you don't get as excited and you won't receive an offering for a young person going to the local college to be a lawyer, Mm -hmm. then you're still stuck in the gospel of the church and not the gospel of the kingdom. Because the gospel of the kingdom is we need people in every culture, every aspect of society. We should be encouraging our kids to go into medicine, to go into teaching, to go, you know, to go into Hollywood, to go into the music industry, because if light's not there, then you know how, how are we going to be able to disciple a culture? And we're called to disciple nations. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, dear God, most folks in church are having a hard time discipling their own kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, let alone thinking about you know the gospel of the kingdom is about discipling nations. Uh, but when we've been taught to like stay away from, you know, I mean, we've got to hate the world, even though you know John tells us we need to hate the things that are in this world. If God loved the world, then we're supposed to have this love for this world and we were almost taught to just hate it, stay away from it, yeah. you know, hide in church. And so then we abdicated, if you may, really, man, our kingdom authority on this earth that we should have been over over the last, you know, couple hundred years, uh, if, if not more, rather, rather than just preaching about going to heaven and leaving, uh, we should have been focusing more on the real occupying, which is doing business till he comes and training the generations to come to say, listen, man, God's God's got answers in you. Yeah, He's He's called you to be change agents. He's He's called you to go in. If you work at Walmart, you're called to be a full time minister at Walmart and change Walmart culture to kingdom culture, yeah. and 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 to be able to get that. I know it, it took me it took me three or four years to finally get uh, at our church where I would you know tell folks at times how many full time ministers are here, and it took me a while of teaching to get everybody to all finally raise their hand. Because when people think full-time ministry, all they think about is people that preach, teach, and sing. Mm-hmm. But yet everybody everybody watching this in your audience yeah. are called to full-time kingdom ministry. No matter what aspect you're functioning in, no matter what job you have, uh, no matter what you do, uh, it, it's, easy, it's easy for us to flow in the gifts and prophesy and heal and do all that stuff in a safe place in church. But where God wants us to begin to manifest this, you know, in, in the book of Acts, I remember doing a study years ago that there were very few miracles that were actually done in a like corporate church setting. Most of the miracles were done out in the street yep. because they were taking the kingdom in their everyday life and they were seeing the government of God. They were seeing heaven invade earth. And that's, that's what the message of the kingdom is about. Absolutely. And you know, we started teaching some of this many years ago whenever uh, you know, uh, our children were young, and we have now in our church, in our family, even doctors and dental hygienists and plant managers and chief financial officers and, um, uh, you know, music teachers, school teachers, because the kingdom of God is, again, organic. It gets in every level of people's lives. And, you know, to me, that's the practical side of the gospel of the kingdom. And, and uh, it's not a mystical thing. And I believe that there's people that are out there in the uh, church who are in ministry or they're preaching or pastoring because they think that's what they have to. And you know what? If that's not what God called you to do, right. it's time to do something else. Well, we're just about out of time, but I want you to tune in again next week because we're going to continue this conversation. And I believe you're going to really be blessed by the practicality of the kingdom and how it really works. Uh, but if you're enjoying this program, please tell your friends about us. And if you have a moment, sit down and write us. 
this or call that number on the screen. If you'd like to help us to take the gospel of the kingdom around the world, it takes your financial help and your financial gifts to do that. And you can call that number on the screen and give via credit card, or you can go to our website. There's a place there that you can give, or you can send your checks or money orders to the address that you will see on the screen. God bless you. Join us again next week is, is our hope. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.